You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the Zabecast, to go for two or not to go for two, that is the eternal mathematical dilemma. And I get it, I just, well, I still don't get it. Andy Poland joins me. We talk about the plight of the Redskins drifting like a ghost ship in the night. And my social media game is changing. So please take note. Your bonus super early morning edition of Gloriously Uncensored Me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Oh, 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 oh. Here we go. Monday, November 11, 2019, thank you for downloading. More importantly, thank you to all of our veterans serving in our armed forces, both home and abroad. A heartfelt thank you to you people. I know more than a few. Uh, most of them are amongst my golf buddies. Apologies if I forget any, but Cowboy Mike McGowan and Mikey O'Neill and Dave Adams and Kevin Workus. Salute, my friends. Thank you, one and all. And, of course, to the many men and women who are still serving in various places around the world, and not just my golf buddies. They are people who cannot be with their families at this time of year, and that has to be a very excruciating and tough to do, not to mention the fact they are putting their very lives in danger to help protect and make America strong. It's a sacrifice not lost on any of us civilians. At least it isn't on me. I can't speak for everybody, but thank you, veterans, on this Veterans Day. Okay. Bama versus LSU, and Alabama came up short. Tua was not quite as good as he could have been. He committed a ghastly interception at the end of the first half that really changed the tenor and the overall direction of the game. And it's like Alabama just made all these mistakes in the first half that they 
could not, in the end, overcome. And not to take anything away away from LSU, LSU was fantastic. LSU was spectacular. This is not your dad's LSU. This is one hell of a team. And Joe Burrow and the coordinator they got from the Saints, his name escapes me at the moment, nice prep work for this, as well as the play caller at LSU, it's a totally different look. It's a different team. It's not the LSU that you'd watch in the past and say, God, if you could just hold the other team to 16 points, you got a shot. And many weeks, LSU would do that because they had such sick and deep defensive talent. Now they have an offense. Now it's like Happy Gilmore. Oh, no. Happy learned how to putt. With Joe Burrow and the offense at LSU, they are clearly, I think, the favorite to win the national championship. Hold everything. Wait a minute. Ohio State would like a word. Ohio State, who has dealt a bit of a setback, although it looks like it's only a three-game setback for their all-world defensive end, Chase Young, for allegedly accepting a loan and not paying it back. One of two high-profile cases that bubbled up this past weekend, the other one being the kid at Memphis, who uh, is played despite the fact he might have gotten eleven grand from Penny Hardaway to relocate his family from Nashville to Memphis. More on that as the developments come out. But still, uh, you know, Penn State falling to Minnesota. I don't want to take anything away from Minnesota. That's a big win for them. P.J. Fleck, row the boat. Okay, 8-0, wonderful. They're not that good, just like Penn State turned out to be not that good. Is Ohio State ultimately not that good? I guess we're going to find out. Clemson, meanwhile, is just sitting back going, okay, rank us fifth. Yeah, that's nice. You know we're the defending fucking champs, right? You know that we haven't lost a game yet this year, right? You know that we won the championship two years prior to last year as well, right? You know that I'm still here, right? You know this kid with the long hair, Sunshine? He's probably going to be the first pick in the draft in another year. You know that, right? And then these poor sap opponents now, like NC State, roll out and they get all excited. Yay, home game. They even assigned the A team on ABC of Fowler and Herb Street to go do it because they didn't have any other good options, basically. CBS claiming the number one game of the week, obviously, you know, the LSU versus Alabama, left nothing in the cupboard for ABC. It's going to get really fun, as it always does. The final month of college football season is, it's epic. It's great. It's a high wire act. It is laced with controversy, teeth gnashing, arguing back and forth. Yeah, what about isms and the whole schmear. And all of that is coming to a head here, head, ahead here in the next couple of weeks. I uh, have got to stop watching YouTube reviews on cameras. I spent a lot of time this weekend. Well, not a lot. I spent a decent amount of my leisure time, which would be at night when things are just sort of chill, with a <laughs> the glass of whiskey, <laughs> some gummy bears, <laughs> some gummy bears, and watching YouTube videos of camera reviews. Oh, I know. You're saying to yourself, what do you, why would you do that? Don't you have enough cameras already? Oh, yeah, I've got more fucking cameras than I need. I have pretty much every size of Sony camera you could want. 
I've got the uh, the camcorder, the AX53 with the uh, balanced optical steady shot inside, the rotated, uh, the floating eyeball. It's a great camcorder, by the way. Does 4K. It's just the sensor is real tiny, so it doesn't give good depth of field or uh, dynamic range. I've got the RX100 Mark V, which is maybe the best pocket camera in the world with the fast aperture of 1.8, so I can get a little bit of blurry bokeh with just you know close shots that you don't get otherwise on your cell phone without some digital manipulation. I have the Sony a6500, which is their flagship crop sensor camera. Oh, maybe, or maybe not. I was reading reviews and what, well, not reading, I was watching reviews on the Sony a6400, which you're saying, wait, if you got the 65, why would you go backwards? It's because Sony released these numbers in a completely fucked up, stupid way. But the a64 is better in almost every regard than the one I own right now, except this. They didn't put in-body image stabilization in the camera. <gasps> I know. You're like, why wouldn't they do that? Makes handheld video shots much more challenging, if not downright unusable, without a gimbal. Nerd! By the way, you're saying to yourself, you got to stop watching YouTube videos on camera reviews. You need to stop bringing this shit to content on the damn Zabecast. Don't worry, we'll talk sports in a second. So here's my dilemma. And of course, I've had the a7III. I've had the a7R3. I've had the a7R2. What happened to him, Baldy? Returned him. Returned them all. It really is a sickness. But I'm watching all these videos because they say the color science for Sony cameras is not right. That there is a weird bluish hue or cast or a a sort of a, a wash over especially the skin tones. And I'm sitting there watching going, oh, yeah, I think I think you're right there. Look at that. And it's like I'm searching for YouTube videos that talk about this and everything else. Well, apparently Sony fixed the color science on the A6400 and the A7 III. I can't have bad color science, Jerry. I can't. I won't. You can't fucking tell the color science. I probably spent six-plus hours watching these videos while drinking whiskey and nibbling on gummy bears. No wonder you're so fat. Hey, I'm aware of it. I'm working on it. I got to stop. But the good news is I did take Twitter off my phone. So there's that. You may have noticed a distinct reduction in volume of my tweets this weekend, or maybe not. Some of you might have, who knows? But I realized this is bullshit. This is way, this is consuming way too much of my attention and my mental bandwidth to use a cheesy business speak term. So I took it off my phone. I still use it and need it and find it useful as a tool, as a tool for when I am prepping to do shows. And when I am prepping to do shows, general rule of thumb, (laughs) Two hours of prep for every one hour you are on the air. (laughs) I do not put in two hours for every one hour that I'm on the air because that would actually add up to more hours in a day than I have, like with no sleep. I'm on the air for six hours a day, plus, plus, going five wide and the Zabecast. So six times 12, that's, no, 18. I could do it. 
I could spend 12 hours prepping for my two hour two shows consuming six hours and then get six hours of sleep. Repeat. Anyway, if I put an hour of prep work into a show, that's when I should be focused on Twitter. That's when I should be scrolling, checking out, okay, who said this, who said that? Oh, here's a good story. Here's some good content. Okay, bing, bang, boom. I don't need to be tr- checking Twitter all day. No, I don't. It's a lie. It's bullshit. It's what they want you to believe. And I recognized that I was basically picking up the phone, looking at it, going, ooh, how many notifications do I have? Bink, let me look at the notifications. And granted, it's a mixed bag. Some people are like, you suck. You're the worst. Others are like, hey, man, Zave, I love the show. That was funny. And I get that little feedback, that little dopamine rush that of, yeah, people like me. Yay, yay. Okay, great. And it's the same thing with teenagers, with their likes on Instagram and stuff. Oh, by the way, I saw a story where Instagram is now going to hide likes in certain circumstances with certain people on Instagram, which might completely upend the whole point of Instagram. But it's unhealthy. I get it. I applaud the company for saying we need to take some of the unhealthiness out of it. The only problem is it's not going to last. There will be a revolt. They will ruin their own platform if that's the way it is. The same thing with uh, Twitter. I'd love it if I could hide my follower count. Wouldn't it be nice if a blue check mark person, which I'm not even one, could tell uh, Yahoo or tell uh, no, they could tell Twitter, hey, I don't want my follower count to be shown. I want people to think I've got a lot of followers. I don't want them to know how many followers. You don't even have that option. At least not yet. I sure would love it for a lot of different reasons. But I'm not, it's not on my phone anymore. And so therefore, I'm really not tweeting as much uh, during the day and the weekends. And you know, fuck it, the weekends, I gotta decompress. I gotta get away. I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah, I, I've got gummy bears, whiskey, and YouTube videos to watch of uh, cameras. Oh, I forgot to mention. So did I buy the camera? Well, here's the sickness of it. I start penciling out how I could afford this. I'm like, well. Well, not afford it, but how I could justify the expense of it. Uh, I have $325 in my PayPal from a sale of another camera lens. So I'm like, oh, I could repurpose that into a new A6400 body. I then have Sony rewards points because I've got a Sony credit card. And that adds up to about 300 some odd dollars. I'm getting close already, right? And then I'm like, well, if I get this second body, I can sell one of these other lenses. I'm back to even Steven. I mean, I had that stupid camera in my Amazon cart this weekend multiple times. And then I finally said, no, I'm not going to do it. So hopefully I'm changing patterns here. I'm changing addictions. And hopefully I can keep Twitter off my phone for the foreseeable future. But I was active on Twitter during the Packer-Panther game, which I'll talk a lot more about this morning, Monday morning on 97.3 The Game. Tune in via the iHeart media app, and I'm sure you will if you're not already listening on 97.3 in the Milwaukee Metroplex. See, I kept that content away from you, and I made you go chase it on another platform for which I get paid. Boo! Boo Ben Kanop! Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250 
If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's see what Andy Poland is up to on a Sunday night. Hello. You know, I was going to not call you tonight until after I had figured out why it was smart to go for two in that Mm -hmm. Packer-Carolina game, and then I realized, I'll be up all night and I'll never call you, Andy. (laughs) I'm just too dense to understand it. I've had math people on my Twitter timeline try to lay it out to me. I still think it's a dumb, desperate play. What do you say? Yeah, you know, uh, they were using the word analytics a lot. Um, it's like above my head. But uh, I like aggressiveness. And, you know, if you have the chance to do it there, why not? But, yeah, it, it came back to bite them, didn't it? It increases in theory, and I, I stress in theory, it increases your chance to win because if a two-point conversion is around 47.5% or roughly 50-50, then right. you've got a 50% chance of getting one of the two two-point conversions. So you're right back to where you were with two extra points. And you have a chance if you hit two in a row, which is like a 25% chance of winning the game in regulation. Yeah, we also had in the league five missed extra points today. So keep that in mind. <laughs> that was today alone, five missed extra mm-hmm. points. Yeah, and by the way, yeah. I hate the new extra point. I don't know about you. I hate it. What do you? Where do you stand on that? Uh, well, you know, I, I'm I'm always the guy who says, you know, what do you need to change it for? But it really has changed the dynamic of the extra point. It really has. I mean, it used to be it was so automatic you could be already in the bathroom all the time they were kicking it. Right, ninety-eight point something percent, or maybe ninety-nine plus. I just look at it like if you score a touchdown, you're guaranteed seven. If you want to risk getting only six to go for eight, then go ahead, be our guest. Here's the ball at the three. Good luck. Yeah. Wasn't Mike Tomlin doing that on a regular basis the first year they did it, like going for two all the time? He was going for two a lot, but it was before I think they moved the extra extra point back to 33 yards. To me, it just adds another random aggravator to the game of pro football. And I don't like random aggravators because we already have something called the rule book and replay, Andy, that serve as the random aggregate aggravator when it comes to these games. 
Yeah, and then we got rules that, that aren't called, and we now have the challenge to pass interference, which is never called, and we have these ridiculous roughing the passer calls like we had in the Green Bay game. I mean, come on. Get, get it right. It was bad, and there was P.I. calls that you would have thought, are they going to review that? Are they going to reverse that? This is the full nightmare that many of us saw coming from a mile away. Thank you, Sean Payton. Thank you, New Orleans Saints, for being such gracious, ungracious losers and bitching and moaning. You know, they passed this rule, Andy, like at lunch at one of the owners' (laughs) meetings. It wasn't – do you remember this? It wasn't even on the docket of things to be discussed. Although in, in hockey, they have changed rules during the season. So, like you know, what? Oh, uh, hold, on, hold on a second, Guy Lafleur. <laughs> You're talking <laughs> hockey. Which rule do they change? The two line pass? Again, uh, you know. Hooking? It's- it's just something that I, I recall. I don't. I have would have okay. to look it up, but I think they have done that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, look, that was such an egregious call last year, and it did cost the Saints a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Sure Come did. on, it really did. It yeah. sure did. But the remedy was not, hey, let's review, let's allow coaches to challenge, but let's put yeah. in language that is even more convoluted, such as there's a higher standard for PIs being overturned, and it must be. Clear and uh, well, I forget what the terminology is. It like must hinder the receiver somehow. There's no way to sort it out. There's no yeah. way. Well, I think the eye in the sky, uh, what they tried in the uh, AAF, as long as that lasted, what six games, sky or ref, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and I think you know keep an eye on what happens in the XFL because they may have some things that that work there. And that could be something that they really? could adopt, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, the the, uh, the sky cam, that came from the first iteration of the XFL. So there could be some things that, that will happen there that maybe can remedy this. But, but it, the way it's working now, it's a joke. How about this? On the, on the final play in that Packer-Panther game, they reviewed whether or not McCaffrey was in, even though there was no call of touchdown on the field. I thought yeah. only scoring plays got reviewed. Although I guess in the final two minutes, the referees have the ability to stop the game and say, let's just make sure he didn't get in. Yeah, yeah. And it was in Green Bay and the snow is falling. Can you imagine if they would have called that a touchdown? touchdown. Uh, can you imagine? That would be unbelievable. Well, yeah. I mean, look, the, the uh, roughing the passer call that the Packers benefited from was a complete joke. And our good friend and colleague, Kevin Sheehan, my current mm-hmm. colleague, your former colleague, tweeted he was going to see a movie in disgust and protest. Yeah, yeah. well, I, that may or may not be true, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> I tweeted at him. I said, unless there's a bu- unless you send a picture under the marquee with a bucket of popcorn in your hand, <laughs> fake news. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think Kevin was like odd flexing on? That's it. I'm out of here because nobody loves football more than Kevin. Right, and, and we complain and complain and complain, but the game still draws us in. We, we have not, there has not been a mass exodus of people no. saying, oh, God, these rules are terrible, I'm not watching anymore. No, there is some softness in the NFL ratings if you compare certain time slots and certain properties like Thursday versus Sunday versus Sunday night and Monday, but overall the game is still being watched by a ton of people, and really any sort of softness in the ratings have to be attributed to the fact that so many bankable quarterbacks aren't starting this year. They're either hurt 
or they have retired like Andrew Luck or yep. whatever. So remarkable the league still does so well. It sucks though cuz just it would be so much better if they got rid of replay. And I don't know yeah. if you're there yet. I think you're still of the mindset that it's here, you can't get rid of it. Have you changed your mind at all? Well, wait, first of all, they can't get rid of it. They tried it once, it came back. Try it again. It's not going Try killing it again. Away. No, it's not it's not going away again okay. because it just it just isn't. It's it, it, it's so much a part of the game now. I mean, that's that's really you know. There's a whole generation that has grown up on. Ooh, did the ball move when he was going out of bounds? Uh, you know, th- th- there's people who have grown up watching football that don't understand it the way we did when you just went with the call on the field by the referee it, and you, you hated the referee. Would it be like, say, a restaurant installing a cell phone jammer? in the restaurant so that when you sat down, you went to use your phone, it was inoperable. And it's because the restaurant said, we want users to experience dining out the way your mom and dad used to experience it. Talk to each other. The young people would say, this is crap. That restaurant will be closed in five seconds. Instantly. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. it's, It's too much a part of the game. All right. So you don't think Sheehan actually went to a movie? No, no. I just think I think it was it was a good good tantrum like move on his part. But 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 he will be on the air in a few hours breaking down what happened in that Packer game play by play. That's what he does. Okay, I I feel his pain because I do hate these rules these days. But still, I thought that was a little bit of a flex right there. Okay, um, what'd you do on your bye week without the Redskins to watch? I know I felt Andy that today more disconnected from the NFL than I have in almost forever. It's very surreal. I don't know how you feel about the current state of things. I don't remember feeling this bad and this sick during the depths of Zorn and the swinging gate. Do you? Yeah, because at that point, you knew the cavalry was coming. You knew that they were going to hire Mike Shanahan. There is no, nobody's coming over the horizon. Whoever's going to be running this team is going to be facing the same thing that Jay faced. It, it's, it's, it's a malaise. And as long as the combo of Snyder and Allen runs this team, nothing is going to change. And they don't even care anymore. Their, their brazenness, if, you know, when, whenever they, these, these things come up and, and you hear these analysts say, well, this isn't going to go over with the fan base. Fan base is numb to it, and they don't care what the fan base thinks. Yeah, they they almost want to stick it to the fan base, which yeah. is a completely insane way to think of your customers. But I right. know from people who have been in that building how Dan and Bruce think, and they think like that. They think in terms of, we'll show you. Oh, yeah. Right. Watch yeah, this. Yeah. You fuckers yeah. didn't give us any credit. We had a plan. Alex Smith broke his leg, and then a bunch of other things happened that really aren't our fault, but you watch. You watch. We're going to win, and then we're going to strut around, and we're going to point in your face and say, see, told you so. We had a plan, and you were wrong. That's how they think. Yeah, yeah. they, they consider Trent Williams a win. They took an all-pro tackle that they could have gotten something for, and they've wasted a year and devalued him so much so they, they're going to get something for him next year, but anybody they go to is going to say, well, you better trade him because he ain't going to play for you. Right. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, just, it's just mind-boggling how they handled this. They could have gotten rid of him in the offseason for a first-round pick. Now they might get a fifth, a sixth. Yeah. Who knows? 
It's uh, it's absolutely stunning. So I just I feel like, and I'm I'm going. You said that you knew at the end of Zorn year two that the cavalry was coming. That's because Vinny got sacked that year in early December. I want to say. Yeah, it was about three or four games to go in the season. Okay, know? but prior to that, it was dark and hopeless. I remember the Kansas City game debacle in which Sherm Lewis was installed as the play caller, the bingo right. caller. I remember the goons at FedEx confiscating signs of fans <laughs> who showed up, you know, protesting Bruce and protesting Vinny to get Vinny. And so there was a feeling then that I don't know if I thought Vinny was going to get fired at that time, but he did. He got fired for Bruce, and there was a feeling of, oh, thank God, a credible NFL executive is now going to be in charge. Oh, no no question about that. I I actually felt it was more hopeless in that week, week and a half period between the resignation of Steve Spurrier on the golf course and the arrival of Joe Gibbs because – you were hearing every retread name being thrown around before out of nowhere. Oh, St. Gibbs is back. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, was, that seemed darker to me. I, I just don't. And, and then, of course, now it turns into the Haskins show. As of this taping on Sunday night, unless I missed it, he has still not yet been named the starter for next Sunday's game against the Jets coming off the bye. Right? Not officially, but widely reported that he's, he's been named the starter. Okay, so here's the question I pose to you, Andy. Why? Again, I, I, I don't know why. I, 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 it must be that he can't play. This can be a Heath Schuler situation where Heath just doesn't know the plays. You've, you've heard Brian Mitchell tell this story that Mitchell was in the huddle. He heard the play come in through Heath Schuler's helmet and he's called a different play because he didn't know the one that they called. Oh Jesus! And 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 you know they've they've tried to downplay this Adrian Peterson comment. You know, get your head in the playbook, son. But that's that's a, a true warning sign because th- there's absolutely no reason to play Case Keenum. It's a one and eight football team. The right. only thing left is to find out what you got. And then and then to to even when they do play him. They've brought back uh, this this offense from like the 1940s. Oh my god! Where they're, they're <laughs> handing off the Hopalong Cassidy every, every down. I mean, it's it's nice. The games are short. Throw but, out, but it's throw out every stat you have about the Redskins. The only one that matters in Callahan's three games is that the games are running an average of two hours and 45 minutes, which is simply unheard of in today's NFL. Unheard of. Oh yeah. Yeah, I uh, know. Yeah, it used to be, you know, they, they, under Jay, they were routinely 320, 315. That's <laughs> right. And, 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 and yeah, it, it, he, he, he said he was going to run the ball. Okay, we get it. But this this is not good because you're not getting in the end zone. You, yeah. you need to score at least a couple of touchdowns to win in today's NFL. So Galdi <sighs> tweeted today, Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa are exactly why the Redskins need as much of a sense as possible of what they have in Dwayne Haskins by the end of the season. Meaning, you know, there's going to be yeah. an additional name from – you know, we didn't even think this six months ago that Joe Burrow would be in the mix with Tua and with Jake Fromm and with Herbert at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Now there's a fourth guy. So when Galdi yeah. says the Redskins need to play him to find out what they have, I tweeted back saying, 
What they have is a guy who 10 weeks into the into a lost season still can't be comfortably named starter with literally no opposition to the job. So in other words, they have Paxton Lynch. They have Deshaun Kaiser. They have Geno Smith. They know what they have. It doesn't matter when they admit that they know what they have. The fact that 10 weeks in, no credible alternative, you still don't feel good calling him starter, they've got a bust. Yeah, Not- well, it, it, you know, it, Not- it does appear that way. I mean, they, they, don't have, they don't have any weapons around him, though they do have a very good wide receiver, a receiver, by the way, who he did good things with in college and knows – uh, but they don't seem to want to throw, and there's always an excuse. Always oh, raining against San Francisco. It was windy in Buffalo. You know, <laughs> if it's seventy-five get a good and sunny next week, what happens? <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's yeah. uh, let's leave this loser team and move on to other more important things, such as the Nats championship parade. Were you there? Oh, I was there. I was on top of the National Gallery of Art with uh, Carol Maloney and Mike Callow. We broadcast the whole thing live. It was wonderful. It was great. And what did you think compared to the Caps Parade? Well, you know, I I was down in the crowd for the Caps Parade. And and you've heard people say, I'm sure, oh, it was much rowdier for the Caps. Maybe it was. But it was sea of red. It was baseball. It It was just perfect. And the weather was spectacular. Uh, I mean, to think that it's been 95 years since we've had a baseball team win the World Series, I don't care which crowd was rowdy. or it, it, was, it was a great, great day. Great, great day. You have now completed the cycle, as have I, mm-hmm. it, with our hometown teams, the pro teams, all with a trophy, all yes. with yep. a championship. The Wizards or the Bullets, the, the longest to go, uh, we yep. have to go back to 1978. Correct. Yep. And then, uh, and then the Redskins. Now the Redskins have had the last parade was the one with Doug Williams. The Mark Rippon Super Bowl was a rally at the Capitol. That uh, is but, weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I guess at that point they were getting tired of parades. It's nice to be in that position, isn't it? <laughs> that that is super weird that they didn't have a parade. Who who decided that? Well, it could have been, you know, they had some issues with other things going on. I mean, you know, this, this parade was a little bit different in that when they had the rally, it was in a different spot than it was for the Caps, which was much more of a wide-open field, and you had a lot more people. So sometimes it's they have other things going on in town, or who knows how, right. how it all shakes out. Yeah. So the Capitals are once again playing great hockey. They're the best team in the NHL by points. They're destroying teams. Are you ready for another parade this coming June? And at what well, point will you say, oh, God, what are we, Boston? Too many parades. <laughs> well, you remember, you know, Boston Boston went for a long period of time where the Red Sox, you know, 86 years. And for most of that time, the Patriots were terrible. So, you know, once you unclog this 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 uh, <laughs> the this, drain this stoppage yeah this stoppage <laughs> you know maybe maybe they start to flow now it's it's not going to happen for the Wizards for a long time and the Redskins God knows but these two teams you know repeating in baseball is very difficult and repeating in hockey even though it'll be the second time in three years is is tough too but um, the, the Caps are, are flying out of the chute they look they look really good all right I got three names for you and then we'll be done today Antonio Brown. How'd you like his reversal, of course, on that rant he went on social media last week? He's just 
throwing a temper tantrum. I, I, I this, you know, it's it's easy to say he's got CTE or he's crazy. Maybe he's just a bad guy. I don't know, but it's 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 bizarre behavior, isn't it? It is. It can, can you and I play the role of old man because that's what we do well and that's what we are, mm-hmm. and yeah. shake our fist at this generation that has no coping skills. I don't give a shit that he grew up poor and had a bad home life. Lots of yeah. people did. This generation yeah. oh. can't cope. They don't have maturity. They want. They they all think they're special. They want things their way. They think there's no real consequences to their actions, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let me throw the name Dwayne Thomas at you, uh, who was a great running back with the Cowboys in the early 70s. And basically... I don't know what he did, but he, he kind of pouted his way out of the league. It was it was strange. He just acted very bizarrely, and he was gone by the time he was about 27 years old, and he had plenty left in the tank. So, you know, bizarre guys are bizarre guys in any generation, yeah. and this guy, he just gets more attention because of social media. All right, and then name number two, Deion Sanders. <laughs> You know, people, I haven't seen this mentioned, but when Spurrier resigned, Dion's name was in the mix. He As may have put coach? it in there. Yes, to coach the Redskins. Get out of he here. Oh, look it up, because he, he was he had been retired for three years. Remember, Marty Schottenheimer came in. And he said, you know, I don't trust Marty as, as far as I can throw him. And he retired. And so after Spurrier quit, he was throwing his name in there like, I want to coach the Redskins. And then Gibbs came along and Dion said, well, okay. And he went back and played two more years with the Ravens. I don't ever remember Dion being rumored as like, hey, maybe he'll be our oh. coach. Would you think, would Dion Sanders be great, meh, or suck? as the head coach at Florida State University. Well, he, he would probably mirror what happened pretty much with Magic Johnson with the Lakers. You know, Dion likes to be Dion. But I do think if he hired the right nuts and bolts coach and just did the recruiting, he might get some players in there. Oh, uh, no. I think so. Now, what's interesting is that we've had recently retired players become a coach real quick in the NBA guys like Luke Walton and others. We've had that trend in baseball as well, where guys right. uh, really with not much managerial experience, is it different with football? Because I think it is. I think so much of a head football job in college or pro, it is managerial. It is administrative. Yeah. It is yeah. winning at the podium every day of the week, including winning on the field on Saturday or Sunday. You have to be a guy that just puts off this air of, everybody calm the fuck down. I've got a handle on all of this. And I don't think Deion yeah. Sanders would project that. No, we, we've had in both baseball and basketball, it's fairly common, we've had player coach. The last player coach, I believe, in football was George Hallis in like 1920 when they were, you know, <laughs> right. play, playing on like these backyard fields and stuff. So wasn't, modern uh, football. Wasn't Mike Dunleavy Sr. a player coach with the Bucks at one oh, point? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, it's, 
started with Bill Russell when, when sure. Red Auerbach retired from the Celtics, and Bill Russell won two titles. Lenny Wilkins was a player coach. Frank Robinson was a player manager with the Cleveland Indians. You know, you, you can do that in those yeah. sports. You can't do it in football. Is that why, by the way, managers in baseball used to wear the, outf- the uniform of their players because they would come in and play every now and then? Yeah, it could have been. I think it's just tradition, except Connie Mack always wore a suit. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And and remember the NFL, uh, Mike Nolan wanted to wear a suit on the sidelines, yeah. and the NFL, NFL said, no, 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 no. We've got suckers like Zabin that will buy every new hoodie <laughs> that we put out. You're wearing what we tell you to wear and what's in the NFLshop.com catalog. Yeah, well, he wore because it, it was a tribute to his dad. His dad had coached the 49ers and used to wear it. So coaches, uh, George Allen was one of the first coaches I remember that didn't wear a suit on the sidelines. All right, last name, and then we're done. Mike Francesa. Oh, God. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. it. He, he, he realized he was going to lose his first ratings book. And I mean, this may have been in the works for a while because his, his act had, had worn thin. Uh, but I don't think a lot of it is related to the way people make fun of him all the time and how he lies and makes things up. I think it's all ratings related. And he's going to go out and he's going to say, you know, okay, uh, I, I, but he may never even concede. He may just say there were extenuating circumstances and I had oh. to leave. And, oh. you know. Of course he's going to make up a story. Of yeah. course he's he's not going to admit defeat. That's how he's been. Here's what I don't understand. So, you know, this Twitter account, Funhouse, at back yeah. after this, has been chronicling Francesa's grandiosity and his pomposity and his absolute lies for, I want to say, damn near five years. Right. I want to say that you and I used to talk about this stuff on the air together. Which was at least three years ago, right? But he's as long as you stay number one. I know. I know. You don't do anything to violate me too, or something like that. You stay on the air, right? So here's the thing that I understand: it has it has taken so long for the Berlin Wall to fall here that I agree with you that it. I don't think it can be the fact that you know some people might say, "Yeah, see, more people are now following the Twitter account that shows how blatantly he lies and what a dick he is and everything else." They've been doing that for years. It w- he would have gone down a lot quicker if people cared. They right, don't right. seem to care. Well, the, the, I, I, this is what I've always felt about radio. You, if you stay on for a period of time, maybe 15 years or more, and you're good and you're popular, you can ride the momentum of that for years. There was a radio show in Washington that was on for close to 40 years, Harden and Weaver. The last 20, they would just read commercials. But, <laughs> but, 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 but generations of people had grown up listening to Harden and Weaver in the morning, and their ratings stayed strong. And so it was a long, and one of them died while on the air, and the other one stayed on till he was like in his 80s. Wow. So, so hold on a second. So you're saying Harden and Weaver's last 20 years were shit? Well, they weren't very good. I mean, there wasn't <laughs> much entertaining about it. And As, one of them would say, and Metro trains are running on time. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm going to hang up and call my dad immediately because he loved Harden and Weaver. And it was on our did. it was on our little box radio on our kitchen counter. Tuned to AM 630, and I would listen to it as a little Timmy uh, eating my cereal with my tuft of hair as my dad would go get in his car to go work for the Department of Agriculture downtown. 
every right, morning. Right, right. List, listening habits do not change easily. And, and so people who have been listening to a certain show or a certain personality for a long period of time don't change. That's, they, they, they like their routine. And that's, that's what happened with Francesa. When you're on for 30 years, you know, you've got generations of people who were listening with their dad in the car while they were driving home or, you know, the dad always listened or they started listening in high school and they listened to it all the way growing up. It's just the nature of the, the beast. Did he fart, though? I think he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. If Andy, if Andy says it happened, then uh, we're going to count that as a fart. Hey, it happens. Well, we get older. Yeah, right. Hey, not that would even if you were in a studio. I've had guys heat up the studio. Maybe me. Oh, I, Maybe me yeah, on occasion. Like you, yeah. Like, like the day I had to go home and throw my clothes in the washing machine. I'm sorry, Andy. That's the way it goes. All right, brother. Next week, Redskins, Jets. The Dolphins won again. The Falcons won again. We yeah, are in Jets. line. We are in line for the number one pick. Well, the, the, uh, you see the Bengals? The Bengals. Well, okay. Us and the yeah. Bengals. All right, Andy. Yeah. Good to talk to you as always. We'll chat next week. Thank you, brother. Very good. See you. you Let's end on this. The Packer-Panther game was fantastic, and I did tweak my colleague Kevin Sheehan for tweeting that he was going to go watch a movie instead because he couldn't stomach the thought of a, a roughing call on what was nearly a safety sack in the end zone. I get it. I get it. I'm the same way. It pisses me off. Maybe he did go to the movie as well. I would not go to a movie during – I couldn't – I have such FOMO, fear of missing out, in case you didn't know. I have such FOMO that Sundays for me, I feel like I've got to devote it to Lord Football and I've got to bow to the shield, even when my team is completely irrelevant. My, the team of my birth, my other team, the Packers, very relevant. And, yes, I have two teams. I have probationary dual citizenship. If you don't like it, f- fuck you. There, I said it. But I'm going slow with the probationary status. I'm not doing the wee, wee, wee thing. So, but still, I can't miss NFL action on Sunday. I, I, you know, today, the one thing that did take me away from the TV for the first half of the early games was a wonderful and long overdue reunion with my Aunt Pam from upstate New York from Schenectady and my cousin Vanessa. And I hadn't seen either one of them in... 20 years maybe and it was great to reconnect they were in town uh, at my parents house and they came on out to the monogamous compound and we had a wonderful time chatting reminiscing and it was great but I kept one eye on the uh on the football games and then watching the Packer game it just the the snow that was coming down it it will never compare to the Seahawks snow game in which the biggest most juicy flakes just fluttered down, and of course the Packers kicked the living shit out of Seattle that day. But it was still glorious to watch. An early snow game in the NFL when you yourself are kind of bundled up, it's kind of cold outside, and you're like, yeah, it's football weather. It's glorious. Even Troy and Joe Buck uh, applauded the fans and said, man, look at this crowd here. They're all in their seats. It's freezing cold. We're freezing. They're out here. They're as loud as can be. Nobody has left. The the stands are full. Yeah, that is what makes things so special in Green Bay and with the Packers. 
They are the chosen people. The fans without an owner. And yes, they're the fans that have enjoyed two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back-to-back. I cannot wait to get up there for the Redskin game against the Packers. That'll be in a couple of weeks. We're running a promotion. And by we, I mean uh, the Mike, Dar- Mike Darrow of the Darrow Group, of uh, the Russ Darrow Group, the official automotive group of the Steve Zabin Show on 97.3 The Game. If you want to go with me to the game, you and three buddies, go to their website, uh, rustarrow.com, look for the promotion and sign up or go to thegamemke.com and look for the promotion. And you just got to enter your name and you have a chance to win like everybody else. One lucky winner, three friends. We are going to have an epic time in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's amazing. The snow, the perfect field, which was very slippery. Fans not going anywhere. No owner, no asshole owner who's a billionaire. It's amazing. Packers with a big bounce back win and they are right back in the Super Bowl discussion after that little hiccup in L.A. That will finally do it for me today. God, shut up already. You got more broadcasting to do. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a great Monday, and thank you, veterans, and we will see you next time. Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. We travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.